0: Hey everybody, Daniel Hayward here with Socratic Hobbits. Tyler and Kyle and I talk about Tyler's story from being a warehouse worker to owning a real estate photography empire. I've known Tyler for too many years to count, or 12. Thanks again Tyler for being on the podcast with us, we both really enjoyed it. There were two items that stuck out to me from our conversation, specifically knowing your customer and caring about your craft, and even though we talked about a lot more and there were many good takeaways, a business is basically those two things. Pay no attention to my poor audio quality, I have now added another item to check off when we start. Well, Tyler, do you want to introduce yourself? You want me to try to introduce you?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Get, why once you you go ahead and introduce me, cause then I then I, then I have some, some framework for what what uh, we're talking about.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's just like a stupid little sales pitch. <laughs> Tyler Reinhardt, former environmental biologist turned real estate photographer, is going to tell us his story on how he thinks about business work life balance and also that he is my brother-in-law and the father of my nibblings. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. I'm going to cut
1: all of that. Wait, you uh, almost said it right. Envi- environmental scientist it didn- it wasn't uh, biology. What's the difference between environmental science and environmental biology? Did you do more chemistry? That would probably be my guess as to where the difference ended up being. Okay. So. Yeah, well, I mean... yeah
0: i i was kind of trying to think of like what you have done and and obviously like we're related um but those have been your kind of two primary like work related like part of parts of your life it's like you you did environmental science Mm -hmm. that was what you graduated with from biola and then you've also done um
1: photography yeah. Real estate photography. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, did I guess... you do anything, Tyler, before or during college or before college? For work? Um, what was that like?
1: Uh, so during college, like I had a part time job working on campus at the bookstore. Um, so nothing okay. crazy exciting there. Um, i kind of kind of. I guess I'll give give the like the story. I tell people how I got into photography and kind of just that that path. Um, so when I'd always always done a lot of uh photography while hiking, really enjoyed that, but never thought that doing that was a way I could earn a living. Um and so uh went the environmental science route, um incorporate doing stuff out like outdoors and doing stuff outdoors into uh, my career path. Um during that, I did do an internship at a environmental consulting company um, where we were doing um, regulatory monitoring on industrial sites um, which was that as thrilling as it sounds? Yes, actually like I, I don't like because <laughs> it was more geology and like if I was to go back to college for, what I ended up enjoying doing, I would go into geology, not environmental science. That okay. wasn't an option at Biola, anyways. So, water under the bridge. Yeah, I don't <laughs> had an interesting conversation about what you don't say happens. Uh, there, there, there's one thing you never do, and my uh, boss at the uh, consulting company, um, he he learned this the hard way. When you're told you can dig in this spot. You dig in that spot, no matter what. Um, so in this case, they were drilling a well to monitor groundwater and to see what was leaking, if there was stuff leaking from a particular um, uh, site. And they got a site signed off by all parties, all the powers that be saying, yeah, go ahead and you can you can j- drill a well here. There's nothing you're going to hit. Well, uh, they get to the location and that that location is not feasible to drill the well. You know, there was something in the way, you know, like we discussed earlier. Um, and so my the manager there, um, he said, okay, we'll move it a foot this direction. And they drilled and they hit something. Oh no. Something that wasn't there that they would have hit had they drilled in the original location. They were going to hit this thing. Yeah. But because he moved the drill location, they were liable for it oh man yeah he he tried to fight and everything and it was just like nope you moved it yeah tough luck call before you dig and then only dig where you called about
0: yeah well that's i don't know there's all that i don't know who the call before you dig is really for because they don't like if you're digging on your property they don't actually mark on private property
1: like at all you'd have to ask and i'll see this every now and then on real estate listings And sometimes the homeowners get really annoyed. Um, Some when one of the things you have to call before you dig for is um, post holes for realtor signs.
0: If you're using a power machine to go more than a certain, like a powered
1: machine, I have no idea. I like no, I
0: I know that that's the reason. Like that's when when you have to call. It's if you're using a powered machine in order to dig more than I think it's like four inches. Yeah. Something like that.
1: I don't. I don't know. Um, anyway, like I said, I just there. There are certain. Just, there are definitely times where I'll go to a location and um, it's been marked for where they can dig to mm-hmm. uh, put the uh, sign in. Yeah.
0: Well, um, basically, what that's for is if you're hand digging mm-hmm. anything, you're not going to bust a pipe, right? And at least not probably, unless you're really going at it. <laughs> but you know you're it's, it's fairly unlikely. However, if you just press a little bit too hard on the down, I don't know on the, gosh, that's how well I know operating, you know, auger, auger. No, I'm thinking of like the,
1: you know, the handles. Yeah. So the only job I ever landed, um, even remotely using my degree was at a environmental, uh, chemistry laboratory. Um, so, they would get as part of uh, compliance monitoring. They would get samples from all over the U.S. Um, and the uh, the uh, owners of the land that those samples would came came from uh, would say, "All right, here's what we need uh, sampled from you guys. You know, here's what we're monitoring for." Um, and we would do the various. There was prep methods, depending on what you were going to be sampling for. You know, it was different for metals. In this case, I was working in the metals department. So if we were, most metals would be prepped one way. There is several different ways to do mercury model, just because of mercury's unique chemical properties.
0: Were you doing any photography
1: at this point? I was not. You weren't? You didn't when you were working at that lab? So partway through, I I was still doing photography as a hobby on the side. Okay. When I started working at the lab, and uh, this is this is going to be the most unhelpful story for sp- starting a small business because it, uh, spoiler alert, it landed in my lap. I'm gonna cut that. What? <laughs> oh,
0: I said I'm gonna cut that. That way they don't have the spoiler <laughs> ahead of time. No. Oh. Okay. So it landed in your lap, but but you were doing things that it, the point of of talking through this yeah is isn't so that somebody could emulate your you know what you did because a lot of times when somebody tells you what they did in order to be successful it's like here are my lottery numbers but if you <laughs> use somebody else's lottery numbers you're probably not going to win the lottery right right usually not anyway so <laughs> anyway so okay so you're doing some photography you were working for the lab
1: yeah, and I and like all throughout this, I volunteered at church um, in various media uh, roles um, and that and so that would include doing photography for special events. Um, and eventually out of the blue, I get an email from somebody whose name was fairly unique. Um, and if he hadn't named dropped somebody that I was working with it, that I knew at church personally right then, um, I would have hit spam on the email and moved on with my life. Because I got this email out of the blue that says, hey, do you want to come do photography for us? Oh, we'll pay your mileage and teach you how to fly a drone. I'm like, this really sounds too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I followed up on it. Started doing photography on the side while working at the lab.
0: And this uh, was, you started off with drone photography. Like you were doing,
1: you were working for the company. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an individual. Um, okay. Really hard to ca- call it a company when, at this point, we've tripled what he was making. Hmm. As okay. an individual. Um, sure, sure. So, um, uh, but it was technically an LLC, which that was a whole other headache too. But uh, yeah, so I um, I'm still working at the lab. I start doing photography on the side, and the way it would work is he would just say. Hey, I've got a photo shoot come up, coming up. Um, who can come and take care? Who can take care of this the soonest? Um, at the time, there was a couple of us who would like kind of race each other to see who could say, "I'll, I'll go do it." Um, so there was there was a period of time where I would drive from Kelso to Portland after work, go from Kelso, work at Kelso and then drive to Portland.
0: I bet that was during the summer because that's the only way that you could. Make that work.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more daylight that time of year. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so there was that. Um, at the lab, um, a lot of our work ended up... Our, our workload was seasonal um, because it was based on samples that we people were taking literally from the ground and or in groundwater. Um, if the ground's frozen, you can't sample. And as a lot of our samples came from Alaska... That was kind of that would uh, put a pretty big damper on the workload. Um, so it was pretty normal for there to be seasonal layoffs every winter, late winter. Um, and one year I got tagged by one of those. Um, and at the time, I ended up working going from there and working for a e-commerce startup. I forgot about that. Yes, retail maker um and that was good while it lasted um and as a side note that was also when i uh in that time i'd have to go back and see when i when i started working at retail maker and when we bought pdx listing photos the photography business
0: so you bought that while you were working for retail maker
1: i think so that's without looking it up, that's kind of what I suspect the timeline was, is that I got laid off. Mm -hmm. I put out a feeler to Rowan, the owner of PDX listing photos saying, Hey, I want to get more involved. I basically want to make more money from each shoot. Can I start Mm -hmm. editing? Um, And at that point found out that they were looking to sell the company.
0: Okay. So you were like, can I be a little more involved? And he was like, you could actually be really involved if you wanted. Right. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, and I think that was 2013 when we
2: bought the. Okay. Mm, 2016. (laughs) Kyle remembers these things. Kyle, really? Uh, I wasn't in Portland in 2013.
1: Well, oh, so were you? You were here when when that happened? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's 2013 was when the business started.
2: PDX listing. Yeah. I could see that. So they've been going for about three, maybe four years at the point. Yeah, probably three years.
1: Yeah, so I think I think it was around around the same time that I got laid off asked about getting more involved with uh, PDX listing photos. Um, and at that point, I was his primary photographer. So as far as the face of the business went, um, it was me. You know, everyone mm. else would inter, would inter, he they would email or text uh, Rowan, the owner um, to schedule things, but I would be the one to actually come
2: out and be on site. Yeah. Uh, so you were doing all the work, but he's, it was still too much work for him.
1: They were moving to Hawaii. Ah, yeah. So they were moving to Hawaii. Um, so that's why they were like, well, we don't need to be in charge of this. Um, and, uh, yeah. So started working simultaneously for retail maker. And that was, uh, uh, exclusively from home and at my own schedule, um, so I was able to do um, photos around that
2: pretty well. What first? What drew you to the jobs that you had at Up in Kelso and and Retail Maker? W- was there anything about those jobs that made you excited to get up in the morning and go to them, or was it purely you were excited to be able to pay the rent? and have food on the table and then applying that question to pdx listing was what was it about that that made you intrigued to, to jump in with both feet into running owning and running a business um as was how much of it was the fact that it was right there and you'd been a part of it and how much of it were was other factors
1: yeah a couple questions there so for the lab um, yeah when i was looking for that it was a i like i'd like to say it was a very hard time to find a job At uh-huh. that time that was 2011 um 2011 2012 um and so i was just excited to be using my degree uh, you right know, you always you always hear about everyone saying like they went to college but never used their degree um, you know, for, especially for just four-year bachelor's degrees uh-huh. um, and so I, I was just excited to be using my degree uh, before then I had been working at a warehouse so it was nice to be working with a better educated group of <laughs> co-workers um, that that was nice uh, but the lab <laughs> I have
0: to edit that here. part out because. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. Okay. So you're not working with. Plebeians. People
2: just take two-hour lunches and drink.
1: Hey! Whoa, whoa! Whoa! No! No! Okay. Like I'm not exaggerating. One night, my supervisor came to me and said, "Hey, Tyler, you're the only one with a valid driver's license. You get to do the night deliveries." Wow. <laughs> How
2: did the other people get to work, Tyler? we don't ask questions (laughs) valid driver's license daniel valid (sighs) yeah
1: yeah so i mean that like i'm not exaggerating that was that was something that happened yeah um uh but yeah so there was that um uh that's crazy
2: that in 10 years the job market has flipped that much Uh (laughs) uh-huh um um
1: Going back, um, so yeah. you were actually using your degree. That, that's yeah. So so that was definitely part of what made it exciting. Um, and the Kelso Drive is long, but it's not traffic, so it really I don't know. It didn't it didn't bother me,
2: right? Um, you also grew up in L.A. That,
1: <laughs> yes, and and like no joke. Even without traffic, it's like thirty to forty minutes to get
2: anywhere. I've experienced that, and I don't <laughs> know how people do it. It's just life, man. I. That's that's what people tell me, <laughs> and, and, and it's the five. That's what I've also heard.
1: Yeah. Okay. So driving up the five to
0: Kelso is not so bad. You yeah. um you get to use your degree.
1: Yeah, and then um so you you know, you're asking like what was I excited about doing that? That was that those were things that made me excited about working there. Um, and it was a place that felt like I had potential to to be heard and like move up like. Uh, impact yeah. the company in a meaningful way, as opposed mm. to picking picking auto parts off a of warehouse shelf. And then um, with retail maker, that was um, data analyst, uh, data entry. Um, okay. So SQL, some of the stuff Daniel you've been looking into. Um, I was brushing, I was dipping my toes into that particular pond, and that was just exciting because it was completely new. It was. It was completely new. It was, um, it was. you know, Michael was this entrepreneur making, you know, trying, trying to do something really creative. And uh, hopefully you know, the idea was that it was going to be really beneficial to um, let small-time um, companies get into the e-commerce market in, in, in a competitive way. But uh, that ended up not being financially viable. Um, And so that ended up closing its doors. Um, Now,
2: had he secured funding from outside or was he bootstrapping that?
1: Mix. Uh, To my knowledge, the only major, uh, there was a one-time major outside investment. Are you you allowed to say who it was? I don't remember who did it. I do. You do, uh huh. It I was Dave it's... from Dave's Killer Bread. Was it? Oh, yeah. that's right.
0: <laughs> well,
1: but.
0: sorry, Dave, that one didn't work out for you.
1: Nope. Um, I just
0: remember because I was in, I was in France. Like I worked for France at that point, so I was in oh. bread. I was like that guy. <laughs> um, sorry, probably okay. shouldn't be that excited about bread. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're working for a retail maker.
1: You're getting your, your toes wet in the ocean um, of sequel. while while simultaneously yeah. now we're business owners okay
2: yeah can you walk us through that transition you mentioned earlier that you kind of groaned when you mentioned the llc and i'm sure there's a story there
1: uh, just a little bit of one that uh, he had it set up as an llc i think when the only and when we took over the business and um, and but it was only making 30k a year at that, uh-huh. that was the highest he had made, um, and it's taking pictures of people's houses. Like, you're what liability are you? What what risk are you exposed to taking pictures of people's houses? Um, and so, when we we had an accountant take a look at everything um, after the fact, and he was like, "An LLC is just going to be a headache for you guys, and you're not going to see any." you're not going to see benefits from it. And, you know, and hit, and in his opinion and the lawyer, he works, he works closely with on that. He was like, you guys, there's no, there's no, nothing to protect yourself from on this, you know, carry business insurance. So if you break something, it pays for it.
0: Yeah. But no, nobody's going to sue the business for bad pictures.
1: Right. Like They,
0: they just wouldn't pay their bill or
1: whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if, if it really came down to it, like, and and it's a realtor we're working for, not the homeowner. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so anyways, there was just some headache with we had to get the previous owner to change basically what he sold us. Um, that instead of selling us an LLC, he sold us a book of business. Um, and the LLC folded when he when he shut it down.
2: What is a book of business?
1: Yeah, so Book of Business is your list of um, uh, your clients. Like, okay. I'm trying to think, you know, and I can explain what happened with us was, was just like they, I in this case, kept the number and the emails and like all of the um, digital assets, I guess. Digital
0: assets seems great.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I kept all the digital assets. Um, and so all of his previous clients kept on contacting me to do the work. And as I'd been the one doing the work before, it really
2: was completely seamless. Um, I've heard of people actually doing similar things where if they have a competitor who goes out of business, they'll buy the phone number and route it to their phone.
0: Oh ah, yeah. I wonder if there's anybody who's doing data visualization that never mind. <laughs> um, okay. So you, while you're, you're working, You're still transitioning, so you're still working for somebody and people are calling you. You've bought this book, book of business.
1: I'm still working for, I'm working for retail maker while we, um, take over ownership and operations of PDX listing photos. Mm Um, he, and like part of, uh, I, I, I was kind of thinking about like how this conversation would go. And one of the things I think that would describe Rachel and I very well is that we are extremely, risk averse when it comes to spending money on like spending money as investment. Hmm. And what I mean by that is if this business, if the business hadn't already been running, making money and uh, he said like, okay, here's how much it made last year. I want, I think it was half of that over two years with no interest. Um, so it was, it was, a very low-risk um, investment because it was already making money. Hmm. It was a turnkey. Whereas one of the things we've really struggled to do is um, pay for any marketing. Marketing's always been one of our weakest points um, because it's just like sending this money off into the void and it might make money back. We don't know. Well, you could... Have you guys considered any marketing like just doing it yourself? We've done a little bit of marketing ourselves and didn't you say like you've you've posted like how many things have you posted on Instagram? Um some several more and I've been I've been posting more often lately. Like a hundred? Like ten? Probably somewhere in between there, probably fifty. Okay. And I think but I think the last time we
0: talked you had posted like twenty things and you'd gotten business from that. Right. And so Obviously, that works at least a little.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have 63 posts.
0: And, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, I'm finding... I was talking with somebody who's an expert at marketing, although he probably would probably not say that he is, but he's he's just, like, a salesman through and through mm-hmm. um, and, and good at generating leads and um, kind of transferring kind of emotional investment in whatever he's talking about. He basically said, I was talking to him about kind of what I've got going and he's like, Daniel, I know that you think that LinkedIn or that, you know, um, you have enough followers on LinkedIn that when you post something and somebody likes it, quite a few of them see it and you you get kind of like a tacit, uh, referral from that, especially if I, especially if somebody who's got more followers than you, Likes it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so don't discount that. And so I've got, I decided to make, I've got a few posts scheduled now um, for LinkedIn and Twitter for, for what I'm trying to do. But I I just know that you can create thoughtful, like you're a thoughtful person. Like you're, I just know you. And I know that you could, like there's so many realtors on LinkedIn, I'm sure. Oh Yeah. And I know that you could make, you know, just by being a little bit present, liking their stuff, even just, even just liking what they do, they'd be like, oh, like, who is this person? And then you're kind of at the top of their mind, even if you don't say anything.
1: Yeah, that might, I hadn't thought about that because I've mostly, all of the social media stuff has been on Instagram. And it's hard to not feel like, cause I've got like, there's people who try and market themselves to me just for mm. being on Instagram, like, like, and in the real estate air arena. So like, I've got like lenders liking my stuff. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, okay, sure, like, um, thanks. But the the LinkedIn because it's that might it you know, might be a narrower market. Or yeah, I'm there's sure definitely about, not as uh, many audience, people. On LinkedIn. Narr- narr- narrower audience.
2: Also, the bigger pockets forums are... Bigger Pockets um, forums on Facebook because that's a huge real estate um, listing place.
1: Bigger Pockets?
2: Yeah. Hmm. Hadn't heard of that one.
0: They probably have a Reddit too. Yep. And uh,
2: something else, I'm sure.
0: Uh, do they have a TikTok?
2: Don't know. Don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So you and uh, Rachel don't want to throw money into the ether and hope that it comes back to you tenfold. Right. That makes sense. I think that one thing that a lot of people get wrong with marketing is that they think of it as a numbers game and at some level it is, but every opportunity that you want that you like, that you're hoping for is actually just a person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I think when you are able to connect with people who don't view your service, like don't view you as somebody who is trying to sell them something, but actually serve them, it's going to make a big difference. Yeah. And before that, you were talking about kind of risk and
1: adverseness,
0: like you and, and Rachel in yeah. that way.
1: Well, and that was just kind of in the context of um, like, and this kind of goes back to a thought I had had and it's why I didn't anything related to photography for my degree um, was just that, like the opportunity to earn a living income from it um, just didn't seem like it was there Um, or that, that like you had, like there was this picture that you had to get the right set of circumstances to be successful in that arena. Like in order to be successful, you had to be like a rock star. Yeah, was, or yeah. or like a famous like NBA, like whatever. Yeah, and you know maybe maybe that, like the photography as a profession, that realm has changed with social media um, and people having, individuals having more 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 motivation to have professional media, mm-hmm. um, and it was funny that the pandemic really drove that up. Um, oh, it was, yeah. I remember talking with uh, the media guy at my church who was like, I would have never thought I would be an essential person as a photographer. Like, and, but in today's day and age, like, and that particular circumstance, no, you, you were an essential, mm-hmm. an essential part of, of the community. If you could create visual media.
0: Um, something I want to kind of switch. I will maybe not even switch. Like, so you bought the business in either 2013 or 2016 (laughs) and you have had some of the same clients the entire time pretty
1: much more yeah the our new client list is not grown so meaningfully
0: has your current client list shrunk meaningfully
1: uh not to my knowledge i like i can think of some people Kyle, you were right. June, 2016. <laughs> um, so um, I can, it's, it's kind of shrunk meaningfully, but I can really only think of one particular client who was a high, no, I can think of two now, two high, uh, high volume clients who I don't work with anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, one was impossible to please, so I couldn't be happier to not be working with her anymore. Um, the enough. other, um, he was also uh, kind of difficult to please, but I've also gotten back to working with him in the, like the last year. So,
0: so, so the reason that I was asking that question is like, what do you, how do you treat them? Like keeping a client for a long period of time can be really difficult you've had your clients longer than i've had most of my jobs <laughs> at this point and so i mean obviously there's less buy-in because they could they could use you and another photographer and be no big deal i mean you would prefer that they just use you mm-hmm. and some of them do i'm sure but some of them also if they need to will use somebody else um in any case so like how do you do you think about how you treat them mm-hmm. in such a way of, like that you're you're continuing, you're making sure that they're come back to you?
1: Yeah. um, And I could get into the minutia of like how to treat a real estate agent well, like like how to be an effective photographer for real estate agents. But I think it comes down to know what your clients need and anticipate those things. Um, And I'll give an example of that. Um this is pretty standard across real estate photographers, um, but it's 24 hour turnaround on photos. Um, and the reason why it's 24 hour turnaround is because by the time a house is ready for pictures, the house is ready to sell hmm. And so you're the you're the last step in the chain in a lot of the situations before they can get it to the market. So you are, the smell of baking cookies in the kitchen. Right. There are some some of my clients I work with um, like I'm not that, but certainly mm-hmm. the ones that I do that I do the most work with um, tend to be that where it's like okay, you know, we we get the pictures tomorrow and we go live tomorrow. Yeah. So
0: that's a big need that you have noticed. I mean, it's is a little bit of a standard. Yep. But you you hit that deadline consistently.
1: Yeah, and um, and one of the things I've heard um, consists it's it's delivering a consistent result in a timely manner, and that also means in this in my industry it means time on site. Um, one of the things I hear a lot from my from new realtors was like, "Wow, you were fast," mm-hmm. and uh, but my pictures are I'm happy with the pictures I deliver, mm-hmm. and my and clients presumably- are. Yeah. And also recognizing to know what value you're providing to your clients. Again, I can only speak for my particular industry, um, but I am, I would, it's my suspicion that uh, good listing media does more to sell the realtor than the house, at, especially in this market right now.
0: Say again, good listing media.
1: Yeah, so I, I, use, I use media to just, like, so, because we, we do photo, video, and the 3D Matterport tours. Okay. So, and Kyle, like, you kind of saw this a little bit with the three agents I sent you. Right. Like, how uh, you as a, if you're looking for somebody to sell your house, you're going to look to see what effort they put in to sell previous houses. Yep. And... That's going to tell you a lot. That's going to give you some of your best best impressions for um, what are they what are they going to do? And yeah, Kyle, you you chose the realtor who
2: consistently has me do everything on her listings. Yep, because she does everything on the back end for her network as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. So, have you ever talked to your current clients and saying like and basically giving that as a almost a sales pitch?
1: I haven't ever used it as a sales p- like here here's why you should do more. Um mm-hmm. I I approach sales to other people the way I want to be sold to. Mm-hmm. Um so like I I joke that like I can sell you something if I think it's really good. But
0: Tyler You just pointed out why your product, like why your realtors should actually buy the whole package from you every single time you sent three realtors to Kyle and he chose the one that did the full package, right? Because, because it's a good package. You're not, you're actually, you're providing more value for them than they're paying. Like that's, that's why capitalism kind of works is because, Mm whenever you exchange
1: goods or services
0: there's usually a win-win
1: right well and, and part of it too is uh so there's three main things we offer photo video and matterport matterport is matterport is a 3d home tour that combines uh google street view with a laser rangefinder to give you i think it's like within a percent or a point of a percentage Dimensional accuracy of scanned spaces. So you did invest in that. I did. That's That's been the single... Uh, and it's been a very good return on investment.
2: How confident were you before you bought it that it was going to be a very... What gave you an inclination that it would be a good return on investment?
1: Yeah. So I bought the Matterport system. And it was, I think, to date still is my single most expensive piece of camera equipment and right. on top of that, it was also uh, required a monthly subscription of $70 a month just for the minimum package from them. Um, so I'd known about it for a while. One of the realtors um, I work with a lot had been asking me to get into it. Um, and it was when I, when I had that conversation with them, it was like, well, it's one thing for you to tell me like, oh, yeah, we'll use this on like every listing. But, like, is he actually going to do that? Like, do I do I bite the bullet? Um, and Don't res- do it, Tyler. Yeah. Um, and you know we didn't get to this part of the story. Uh, in my uh career, t- in my uh, cover, not my cover letter, in my uh, in my resume of, so, uh, so I'm going to continue from there. So worked for retail maker while doing photos while owning and operating PDX listing photos. retail maker closed its doors, um, tried to do photos on my own as my sole income for a little while, uh, but that wasn't stable enough, um, so I picked up a part-time job um, to help pay the bills. Well, pandemic rolls around, and I was working for Enterprise, and no one was driving anywhere, so they weren't renting cars, and they weren't getting in accidents, so they didn't need to rent a car while their car was in the shop. You've only been full-time for three years exclusively two? Ex- two. exclusively real estate photos yes
0: for some reason i thought it was longer than
1: that i i've been doing it and working for some of these clients from 2016 yeah Huh. okay um
0: all right sorry i interrupted so going. nobody nobody wants a car from enterprise and you're yeah. like
1: okay so well so so i get i get laid off from that Simultaneous to that, because no one can go look at houses in person, all of my clients were like, we need um, video work on our properties. And do you do Matterport? So there was a lot of demand from not just this one client, but all everyone I was talking to uh, for these additional services and for me to get yeah. this part one particular system Um, and so that was when I, uh, we decided to risk, risk that money to get into that system. And since I was paying three grand for the camera anyways, I was like, what's $70 for next day shipping? I've got a big, big listing that would use it if I had it. It took him a month to get it off the deck. COVID. It took, it took who a month? Uh, Matterport, like the, the company. Oh, um, I think you can buy them on Amazon now, but you couldn't at the
2: time. You bought them, You got them directly from Matterport. Those guys. So I'm curious, Tyler, how many realtors suddenly started saying, "Hey, we would use this." Before you pull the trigger, um, if you can remember, ballpark. Because so you had the one guy going, "Hey, hey, hey," but that wasn't enough.
1: Yeah, and and he um, actually he's he's the principal broker for Tanya.
2: OK, uh,
1: so he had a number of realtors under him that I knew would probably start using this. And they were already having me do video stuff pretty consistently. Honestly, it was like there there's certain clients when you when you when you work with a consistent client base where you're like, you're always cheap. Like you're the one who's always asking me is like, well, can you give me a discount on that? When those ones were asking me for Matterport, like that was what uh-huh. for this to get to get this system. Um, those were the ones that uh, really made me think like okay, this is if there was ever a time to risk it, now now is our best chance for a return on. It. And as you said, it's been mid length. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was definitely the like that that increased uh, that increased price per shoot that resulted from that has definitely been the thing that, enabled me when my manager at enterprise, which funnily enough, uh, my part-time manager at enterprise was the best manager I've ever worked with. Hmm. Um, is he still there? Yep. He was, he, he yeah, he, the
0: Matterport enabled you.
1: Yeah. And put me in a spot where I said like, Hey, I don't, I don't need to come back next. You know, when he, when he said, um, uh, when he, Came and said, "Like, hey, we're we're hiring hiring you back again." What I (laughs) wanted to see was I'm I'm looking at our numbers. Yeah, if you just want to pause while you find it, you can. 2017, we did 250 listings. Okay. And then 2021, we did 321. But we've we did twice the gross in.
0: What's the what's the
1: switch? What happened? I don't know. I can, I can hang up again. No,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> At least let it I, upload first.
1: I, I, wonder... I can see my waveform this time, so.
0: Well, there's a silver lining. Hopefully all your
1: previous data is still there. Well, I thankfully I've been recording it on my local oh. recorder. That's why I wasn't yeah. worried about it. Yeah, I'm not worried about ha- it. So I don't have your voices recorded on my end, but I've got my voice recorded.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. But um, this Zencaster actually does a pretty good job
1: for the most part. Of uh, syncing it all together?
0: Uh, No, about like, it saved it in your like internet
1: cache. Oh, okay.
0: And then now that you're back on, as long as once I stop the recording, you stay on for 25 seconds or whatever, and then
2: I cool. can download if it. If that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Isaac jumped off way too early last time. Um, or maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was James.
2: Both Isaac and Kyle have... Basically, both the people with super advanced degrees have jumped off very quickly.
0: <laughs> Isaac and Kyle Blomgren. Oh, yeah, he just like control W. The first
2: that's time, w. yeah, that's right.
1: Okay, I mean, if you if you don't want the, don't know what the how to use the system, it doesn't matter what your degree was or how high how high your degree went. If you're like, all right, it's just it's this just Zoom funny because it's the done. only two
2: people with tertiary degrees. Yeah, well, I mean, they... had on here.
0: They just – it's like, okay, goodbye, and they just close it. <laughs> it's like, well, it's, I didn't tell them otherwise, so it's probably, probably on us. Um, Tad, what were you uh,
2: – He was going over the growth in business. You didn't go yeah. all the way back to 2016, but you gave us 2017, Yeah, and so 50. The,
1: re- the reason why I didn't do 2016 is because we – that those numbers are only from June to the end of the year. So we took over the business in June.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, so you only – record in
1: calendar uh, years not all of it's in... been in calendar years okay. not in 24 24 year um, which frankly is most helpful anyways cuz our peak is the summer
2: um, mm. so, so you missed out on owning the peak all the peak
1: uh no we we got all of the peak like ju- ju- like june to late summer oh okay like, is where where most of it it's it's a pretty clean bell curve Real- realistically
0: um. something we were chatting about when you had hung up on us was mm-hmm. um, like the spontaneity or the uh, kind of cyclical nature of your business uh, might be difficult do you do you find that or do you you kind of know what what to expect and when to expect it and you just kind of work on your garden um
1: so what for for us it's just been life um and i i do i like the cyclical nature of it um um or like not cyclical um but the like it's hard to say i like the inconsistent nature of it but i like how much time i get to be home um so like the flexibility yeah so like the flexibility i always have the option to mark days out and just you know when people tell me like hey can you come do photos on this day i just say no i can't uh, so, yeah, like there's there's definitely the trade-off of like I don't know what my schedule is going to be. I don't know what my schedule for the rest of this week is going
2: to um and because it's in a slower part
1: of the year or it in part because it's it's a slower part of the year. Um so like my weeks aren't filling up right now. Uh but that's also like part of it too where it's just like a lot of times I don't know You know, I'll, I'll get, I mean, this has happened this week where I get a call or a text this sometime during the week saying, Hey, can you come do this this week? Uh, Because again, it's kind of coming back to that, like know what industry you're serving and serve that industry in the way it needs to be um, taken care of. And so like in the same way that there's a variety of homeowners um, and preparedness um, you know, some, some, hon- sometimes it's like, uh, you know, like a month in advance. Um, and sometimes it's three days in advance. And in my experience, the ones that get scheduled a month or even two weeks in advance tend to get rescheduled. Hmm. So they're trying to be
0: prepared, but they,
1: they want, and the funny thing is I'm, I'm, I'm doing a realtor's home. One of, one of the realtors I work with, she's, she's selling her home. And she's rescheduled on me three times because she needs more time to get ready. Huh?
2: Is that cause she's having trouble finding landscapers or. Finding... I, I don't,
1: I don't know any of the details, but like, okay. that's just
2: kind of been like, that's just like the
1: homeowners will like, like, I don't know if you, if you're, it's, it's really easy to push off getting everything dialed in. And then you're starting to see the writing on the wall and you ask for more time. And if, more time can be given. And realistically, cause again, I'm working for the realtor, not the homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, like the homeowner says, like, you know, says like, okay, well I'm going to check and see, but you know, well, let's try and do it. We
0: got two more questions, maybe yeah. has more questions. I don't know. Um, is there any part of your business that you outsource besides sales?
1: <laughs> not <laughs> at this time. No. Okay. Um, I tried to outsource doing the photos in the same way that I was mm-hmm. the outsourced source for photos. Um, but what I, um, what I found is that the photographers, the people I was using to do pictures, weren't motivated to excel. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, I don't know, like it. I I know it's it's. It was, I wasn't paying photographers a ton. I wasn't being paid a ton of money to, but it was. I don't so there's know. There's a fair I, amount of art to it. Uh, there's a like. There, I'd actually say there's not a ton of, I don't feel like there's a ton of art to the photos.
0: But there's a certain quality.
1: There's a certain quality. And like in, as in any um, job, if the person is not driven to Excel, there's going to be ways that they let my clients down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of what I was finding was that uh, and driven to Excel might, might not be the best way to describe um, I felt like I was trying to excel mm-hmm. at what I was doing. And it's what I felt like the photographers weren't doing. But long story short for that is that I found the business suffered
2: when I outsourced uh, photos. Now, just to be clear, outsource can include using apps that automate some of your tasks. Mm-hmm. It's not and just. I've,
1: I've, yeah. I've thought about that, but there's very few, at least from my perspective, things that I can automate.
0: Well, you you do some of that with your taxes, or billing, bookkeeping. Yeah, some of that's automated a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you outsource some of that to your wife.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rachel Rachel handles the scheduling and the
2: billing. Okay, so that is outsourced.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, an example of something that you could outsource it away from even your wife would be like, there's this app called Calendly and you basically give, you you do, you know, one hour slots or however long you think it would take. You can schedule stuff on your, you know, Google calendar and it'll block those things off or,
1: or not. I've tried that. I literally had a realtor ask me to incorporate it mm-hmm. and that realtor used it for a little while and then stopped. She just went back to emailing us to schedule things. Yeah. Yeah. So if it doesn't work, and it doesn't part, work. Part of it was, is, um, count my, like, I was just trying
0: to give an example of another, another app.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you, when you said outsourcing, the things I thought about was like, realistically, like the major components of the business, which um, are taking the photos and editing them. Right. Um, And I did for a while outsource it, but I, as a photographer, improved dramatically when I started editing my own pictures. Um, It makes sense. So that's actually something that if I'm in a position where I want to or need to um, start outsourcing to another photographer, um, they're going to do their own edits.
0: Yeah. Well, and so another example of outsourcing might be, you know, if perhaps social media. Right, some mm-hmm. of the sales stuff like that we had talked about, you know, like with the knives. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> in any case, uh, my last question is: Would you ever consider going back to work for somebody else if you can choose to have your own business and
1: and make that work? Or would it would be hard? Um, I, but I, it is kind of something that's crossed my mind that. What I do is very, I don't want to say lonely, but it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. Like we're just like, I just, and I get to interact with the realtors while I'm on site and the homeowners, but like you're not having conversations with the same people
2: every day.
0: Um, okay.
1: Hal, did you have any more questions?
0: I know I, I asked some of yours.
2: I just dropped a link to a schedule, a scheduling app. I heard about recently. Mm. You might take a look at because I think it kind of tries to make it a little bit more seamless than um, cal- even Calendly. Uh, and or more integrated in the natural flow of sending email and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I um, kind of like PayPal. You just can send it over email. Yeah. And there's also um,
1: Google has decided to do their own. Like right. you can set appointment slots and then let people sign up for them. Hm. I still have some. Some. And he's younger than me. One of one of one of the realtors I work with calls every time he wants to schedule something. It's actually kind of annoying.
0: <laughs> Some people's kids. What
1: are you gonna do?
2: <laughs> well, he knows he gets you, I guess.
0: Yeah. No, I I definitely understand. Like, I just want to talk with somebody. Like, mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people our age and and younger, and even up to like you know forty where it's like, I don't want to talk with you. Like, I sent you a text, text me back. And it's like, okay, yeah, but we just have to go back and forth and back and forth, and, like, you don't understand words, so (laughs) I want to make sure that you understand what I'm trying to say to you. And I don't know. And then even hearing myself out loud, I'm like, that's a grumpy old man.
1: (laughs) No, there's definitely, there are things that I will, and, like, especially, like, a realtor, uh, contacts me with technical questions because mm-hmm. because I'm the one who delivered the media and if the media is not working when they go to upload it onto MLS they call me or text me and um, when I have to talk a realtor through unzipping a file and they don't know what unzipping a file is that was a tough one.
0: That's when you charge them an extra fee and you're like alright where are you at? I'm coming
2: <laughs> I'm charging you mileage and time how satisfied are you with where the business is at right now? I'd say mostly satisfied. Um, we're
1: still looking for like compared to where it was. I'm very satisfied.
2: Right, right. It sounds gross, like it's grown incredibly in
1: terms in terms in terms of gross. Um, but with that increase in gross, obviously, aside from the inflation that's happening right now, our cost of living has gone up, um, and. Uh, and Rachel's not working except for what she's doing for the business. So, you know, not, not earning anything additional.
2: She's not being paid to
1: work. Like not she is so working. She, she is working.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh,
1: I, I, I did, I did, I did caveat like she is not earning anything additional. Yes. Yes. Um, I just uh, wanted to make
2: sure that was abundantly clear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she won't listen to this for like months. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um yeah so there's definitely um we'd like more margin in our budget Mm -hmm. um and you know this would turn into a whole nother conversation uh but i might be and it would be something that would turn into a lot of outsourcing um i might be starting a business targeted at editing videos for youtubers okay um, is is this in addition to getting your real estate license this would so these would be the two the two irons in the fire is getting my real estate license or um, just do doing something
2: to increase our income um, yeah so do you feel like you're pretty much it sounds like you feel like you're pretty much tapped out as far as growing
1: no I there could definitely be room to grow um, part of it too is the like I'm not excited, realistically, about doing just like the standard pictures anymore. Okay. Um, it's starting to feel that. Um, also, just kind of in the back of my mind is like this job requires me to be physically able to show up for it. Um, there's uh, so a little scary to think about that how how uh, thin the the wall is between the wolf between. Um, with this just and I mean and this did happen a couple years back when I got in a car accident and I couldn't work um for couldn't work for a week um, that was actually when one of those clients uh that stopped using me stopped using me ah. uh and so yeah just getting getting this feeling of like I need to be doing something more than just myself um so yeah so actually um uh Daniel, you know about Yankum Ropes and Alan. Oh, he might be fun yeah. to have on this. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Oh, do you know Alan? It would be super interesting. To... Yeah. Oh yeah, Alan and I talk all the time. And no, no, no. no. Sorry. Does Kyle know Alan?
2: Yeah, David's um, brother-in-law. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, right now, and it's... <laughs> he he will be very interesting to talk to because uh, he. Everything, any conversation you have with him about entrepreneurship uh-huh. always gets massive. Like Perfect. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you're like, wait, we're now making this empire doing this, this <laughs> job. <laughs> like, I just want to talk about editing videos. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, actually, like, so I'm going to be doing a deal with him for, Two months, he pays me a fixed rate. I deliver up to four videos a month um, that he shoots. I just edit them together. Nice. Um, so. That
0: sounds great. Well, uh, I might grab Alan's number from you if I don't have it. See if we yeah. can't get a hold of him, because I think he would be a hoot to have on here. I do remember that that bigness. <laughs> he. I just... I'm, we started talking about insulation of all things, and... <laughs> It, it just spiraled, and I was like, man, where do I sign up? <laughs> so, yeah, well, uh, Kyle, if you don't have anything else, you look like you might.
2: I, I always have more questions.
0: You always have more questions while well, I want to see my bride.
2: Especially when it gets later at night.
0: <laughs> see, this is when I start to turn off.
2: It, we got to do-
0: <laughs> gotta figure out. it. <laughs> it's,
2: it's an old habit from, from when I was expected to have a bedtime.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's when it started. Yeah. Well,
2: my dad and I would stay up until it was like midnight or one in the morning. And yeah. then he'd go, Oh, that happened again. Oh,
0: well, it's happened again. You've wasted a. No, wait. Never mind. That's clicking, and, clicking, and clap. Clicking. And... What is it? Clicking, clack. Why can't I?
2: See? Clicking, clack.
0: Clicking, clack, the Tapper <laughs> Brothers. Uh, Tyler, it's been wonderful to have you here. Thanks for but
2: I am curious answering have all of our read, questions. Have you read Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki? I have not because what you're describing here is is basically you, you have the four quadrants and you have the the employee, then you have the sole proprietor, which is where you're at, and then you have the business owner, and then you have the investor. And do you see? <laughs> Video editing as being more intriguing because it allows you to make the jump from sole proprietor to business owner, whereas it sounds like you have tried to make that jump with video editing, and you just saw the quality tank to the point in in a way that you didn't see a good um, solution. So specifically, you said you. I think
1: you meant to say, um, I saw the quality tank for photo photography, right? Um, when I outsourced more of it um yeah when and, you became the also, business
2: owner with employees
1: right um and and it was just like it was and but i was like seeing that side by side with like me delivering work at the same time as my um contractors delivering uh-huh. work um you know when it gets to when when the when the agent started asking like hey ty- yo, tyler are you going to do this?
2: okay yeah
1: or uh um, and then it was also too, just like I just needed, like we needed the money, so I needed to be. Uh-huh. You know, we we couldn't we couldn't really be affording to outsource it. Got um, it. At a certain point. Uh,
2: even in the busy times during the summer.
1: Yeah, even in the busy times during the summer, and it, like at some point too, it was also like I didn't feel like it was fair to my contractors uh-huh. to, um, just go dark on them. And like not sending right. anything—it's um, kind
2: of the same thing that happened to you at the environmental lab up in Kelso.
1: Yeah, except for that was like very well broadcasted, like very, right. very—you know, like we knew it was coming. Yeah. Um. So what excites me excites me about the video editing thing is being involved in something outside of myself. Um. Like you know, getting to like be part of these YouTubers selling telling their stories. Mm-hmm. Um and um and it also but it also like being a business owner doesn't excite me but i'm starting to recognize that that's might be might need to be where i i transition to
2: in order to make sure that it's not incumbent on you to be able to do the work right so do right. you know anyone who's do you have any ideas as far as people who have made the transition to business owner but kept the parts of the job that they still like while getting the added security?
1: I don't know. I haven't. Alan, Alan might be an interesting person to talk to because he's, he's the, he's the only person I know of who's done, made that transition um, successfully Uh to where he's, he's started from the ground up, a company that's now making um, significant uh, revenue.
2: Right. Right. How about you, Daniel?
0: Do I know anybody who's transitioned from
2: sole proprietor to business owner while, well, to get that security while maintaining the parts of being a sole proprietor that they really enjoyed?
0: I mean, I think of uh, – no, I don't know anybody personally, but I was thinking of Derek Sivers, or Sivers, however you say it, uh-huh. and Tim Ferriss, their transition. I think Derek Sivers was more interesting to me. Tim basically was going to die if he didn't figure something out. Um,
2: At least that's how he sold it.
0: That is how he sold it. Uh, but it makes a of, great story. It does make a good <laughs> story. Um, I would say that the, the last company I worked for, they were certainly trying that, but it didn't work. Um, Cause they had, they had basically done that with the owners, but then things started to fall apart. Like the wheels started to fall off. Yeah, I know that with the. It's not exactly the same, but Christine with um, Fields of Joy Flower Co., like they're trying to get somebody to do some of the work in order to allow them, basically allow her to focus on what actually adds value as opposed to what needs to be done in order to do the thing, right? To get it done. There's parts of.
1: Yeah, actually, like, and it's there, there are steps of my process of delivering the final product that I'm like, this doesn't add any value. It's literally checking the boxes to make sure that the final product is what it's, you know, is all there. I'm trying to think of
0: somebody who I know who's started a business and it's gone kind of beyond themselves. Because most of the people that I know have more what I would call lifestyle businesses, I think, you know, to make a living wage but not really have employees.
2: How did the Belliconies come to that? The conclusion you just described, I think describes it perfectly where you, you start with the things that don't add value and focus on the things that you enjoy and do add value. Um, ideally, there's I don't know an intersection any there.
0: couple who is stretched as thin as them, um, generally speaking. And uh, there's just like they know that um like david is just i i think that he's just not able to get everything done and even with christine going to full-time flower farmer there Mm -hmm. will still be things that don't get done and so it's not as much like a this is something that would be nice this is it's more like this is something that
2: this is the tim ferris situation
1: it's a little bit more of the tim ferris situation yeah um got it right where what christine does that adds value is actually putting together the bouquets pruning and like stuff that increases production, like doesn't really add, like doesn't really add value.
0: Yeah. And, but even like, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably a, a, as good enough examples I could come up with. Cause I don't know that much about farming. I don't know. How, I, I think that what adds the value is the boat, like the arrangement.
1: At least I know that that's what
2: Christine enjoys. Like that's mm-hmm. the part that, that she gets up in the morning. Yeah. So if you guys can find someone to do the pruning for them, then we can have the balconies on the podcast and talk to them about that transition. <laughs> and then Tyler can listen to that podcast. And then learn,
0: listen and learn. That's what we're, that's what we're about.
2: And implement it.
1: No, the, the thing that'll be interesting, because I've heard it now from two sources, uh, is that I should, and this, this would be a whole nother conversation is uh, outsource, to, it. outsource to people in other countries on Fiverr for some of the, the uh, brute force tech job, like labor.
0: Oh, like what specifically?
1: Um, So talking with Alan, like, cause again, cause Alan, everything gets big. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've already got a plan for doing YouTube editing company. And here's how, here's how we should do it. Here's how you should do it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like outsourced to Pakistanis. They're, they, they're ecstatic to make 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh um and then I, one of the realtors he, he he outsources um data entry stuff like to fill to to populate the MLS listings <laughs> um, again those things that like that would explain a lot about some of the listings I've read <laughs> I don't think you've noticed his let's just put it this way he's he is he 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 edit he, or he uh checks them he, he reviews I don't know he what he them. does uh to review them but it's um, Tanya's principal broker, so Ben Andrews. Um, okay, he's uh very high producing and very like I everything you like about Tanya as a realtor, she learned from Ben. Got it. Well, I
0: tried this once before, Tyler. It's been a pleasure to have you on the <laughs> podcast.
2: You can just cut it and like put it at the back end. <laughs> But cutting it doesn't let
1: him get to bed any sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I can just hang out. You guys can keep talking.
0: Well, then like, you
2: lose the uh, podcast, right?
0: No. No, because I can just hang up. I can just click stop. Your good things will upload. You guys can continue to talk.
2: It just won't get recorded.
0: It just wouldn't get recorded at that point.
2: What a shame. Hello again.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast and Tyler for the lively conversation and Explorer for making our music as always. If you have any feedback for us, you can email us or send a carrier pigeon to Kyle via USPS. I know we haven't had ads before, but here goes nothing. I've been doing freelance work for a little while now, um, specifically with Excel, data entry, um, and connecting reports to external data, um, and a little bit of data visualization. If you have a project that you have any inkling I might be a good fit for, If you email me from the show notes, I would love to talk with you. Thanks.